right, everybody. Welcome to Sunday night service. Amen. Let's go ahead and make our way to our seats tonight. Hallelujah. We are going to have a great time hearing the word of God tonight and praising the Lord together. Amen. Did we have a good time together this morning, everybody? Yes. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to go ahead and start things off like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Let's stand up together tonight. Praise the Lord. And we do believe that America is coming to Jesus, and we will stand in the gap and intercede and everything else we need to do. Praise the Lord. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. All right. Well, we got a few announcements to go over here. And first of all, I want to remind everybody that this Friday night is our married get-together. And so we are having an Italian-themed night. Uh, you can sign up to bring an Italian dish to share uh, with everybody. And there is child care available. Just make sure that you go ahead and get signed up tonight. The, the sign-up sheet is back there on the info booth. And we want to make sure we can uh, have enough child care and everything else for everybody. So the, the get-together is Friday night at 6.30 in Victory Hall. And then, of course, the very next morning, hey, not too far away, the very next morning, Saturday morning is our monthly men's meeting, the February men's meeting. It's our first one of 2022, so it's going to be a great time. Amen. Uh, Brother Chuck is going to be bringing the word that night to us, and uh, Robert is cooking, and he told us this morning we're having some hot ham and cheese, and yeah, and, and gravy, and gravy, which Jesus endorsed for himself. What? Hash browns. Oh, man, we're just doing the full thing. Wow. All right, so make sure you are there for that, men. Do not miss out on that. It's going to be awesome. And then uh, also later on in February, on Thursday the 17th, we are having uh, our servant leadership meeting. And what this is, is an opportunity for you to uh, kind of get involved maybe a little bit more, find out some of the plannings and, and some of the upcoming things going on in the church and how you can get involved. And, and uh, it's just, it's really going to be a great time. We did this a few years back, but we're going to do it again with more of a focus on it. And it's a great, great, great opportunity for you to, uh, uh, again, just commit and be a little more involved and, and a little more in the loop on things, all right? And then, finally, we've got the Seventh Day Slumber Concert coming up. Amen. Woo! On Saturday, February the 19th at 6 p.m. And that's at Barstow Community College. The tickets are free, but you do have to have a ticket to get in, all right? Mrs. Pastor? And the... 
the Holy Spirit Conference is going to be this this week, actually, all right? And so a lot of you are familiar with that. Some of you are not. It's uh, down there in Vista, California. My parents will be there all week, and I think some of the others are going. But it starts Tuesday night, and you can you can watch online. You, you can go, or you can watch online at marktbarclay.com, and they've got to have a live stream. But the services will be the mornings, I think, at 10 or 10.30, and the night services start at 7. So uh, watch and get involved with that, and it'll be a super blessing to you. I promise you that. Amen? All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time, and it's happy because God loves a cheerful giver. All right? So if you need an envelope tonight for your tithes and offerings, raise your hand, and the ushers will get one to you. And we are going to open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Yes. Come on. Yeah, Matthew chapter 6. And uh, I'm going to look at a verse that we looked at this morning in our message. But it got, it got me to thinking, all right? I read it and I'm like, man, that, that is powerful. Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to look here at verse 21. And I'm in the NLT here. But as we said this morning, man, you can tell what someone values simply by looking at where they're, what they do with their finances. And you don't have to take my word for it. Jesus said it himself. Matthew 6, verse 21, he says, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart shall be also. And our treasure is our resources. What are we willing to put resources on? What are we willing, like, well, that's not that important. I don't really want to, you know, spend money on that. But if, if the kingdom of God, if getting the gospel out, if helping bring healing to families in Barstow, right? If this is important, then it's no problem for us to be a tither and a giver and do anything that the Lord wants for us to do. But where our treasure is, our heart will be also. And I got to tell you, man, I Jesus has my heart. Amen. Does Jesus have your heart tonight? He's got a hold of your heart. And so it's not a problem to bless the kingdom of God and be a giver and a tither and do anything that he says to do. All right. Let's go ahead and stand up tonight. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. And I love this. On Wednesday night, I had one of the young men of the church, one of the young dads come up to me and he said, Hey, Pastor Dave, I've been speaking the financial faith confession, not just at church, but just just speaking it throughout the week. And, and I believe that it works. And he said, guess what? My bo- I've, been, I've been claiming a raise. My boss came into me this week, slapped a piece of paper on the desk, and I said, hey, what's that? He said, that's your new pay grade right there. You're getting a raise. I said, yeah. <laughs> Praise God. And, uh, and so I was just so excited for him that it works, it works, it works. When we believe in our heart and say with our mouth, we can see wonderful things happen. Amen. But you got to trust God when you do it. These aren't empty words. you got to trust God as we speak these words. Let's do this. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family. 
to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us up front as we worship. Or you can worship from your seats. Let's just all worship together. The King of all creation set aside his crown. A servant to the Father's love descended from his throne above. The author of salvation a giver of new life crucified to pay for sin our righteousness is in the name of jesus every heart and tongue confess your name above all names all things of this earth belong to you Your name above all names. 
seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within Christ alone, a cornerstone, a weak made strong, in the Savior's love, through the storm. Strong 
the Savior's love through the storm. raise our hands and raise our voices. so grateful you gave us the power of choice. You said Deuteronomy 30, 19, you said before is life and death, blessed and evil. And you said, therefore, choose life. And you told us the reason why. You said both we and our children may live. And Father, we know that the Bible, the Old Testament, through the New Testament, the book of Revelations, tells us about the end times, the last days. And Lord, I know you wouldn't say in times and last days that there wasn't going to be in times and last days. That's where we live. Lord, you told us about all the evil, the horror, the corruption that was going to be in the earth, but also you told us about the glory, and you gave us the choice. We could choose to say no to the sin, the ungodliness, and the hatred, and say yes to the Holy Spirit, and the love of God, and knowing right, and living right, and living the glory. Well, Lord, as for me and my house, we will serve you. As for me and my church, we choose the glory. We say no, 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 no to all the upheaval, to all the ugly political things, all the ugly social media things, and all the hatred. We say yes to Jesus, yes to the Bible, yes to living right, Lord. And Father, I know you told us in Psalms 91, that when these things are going on, a thousand may fall on our left hand and ten thousand may fall on our right. As we choose to live in the secret place of the Most High, you said, will not come nigh us. Lord, we've made that choice. And tonight, I want to thank you for this church full of people here 
with hungry hearts to hear the truth of the word of God and to be doers of the word. After all the people out there watching on the internet, Lord, I just want to thank you. This is not going to be like watching a TV show, having a Coke and popcorn and just enjoying the show, Lord. It's going to be having a Bible and a notebook and taking notes and hooking up with your plan for their lives. We thank you, Jesus. That tonight's going to be another life-changing message straight from heaven. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. How many choose the good life? Amen. Amen. You know, Pastor David, I was praying. I thought about what I said after me and my house will serve the Lord. I like that church part of it, too. Not saying that, that, too. I think that. I think about this church. After me and my church, we choose the glory. We choose to live right. How many know that we're not just a nice little country church? We're a regional church. We affect this region. And we affect the world now through the Internet. But that's who we are. You know, we're just not somebody to sit here nice and just have a good time. Although we have a lot of good times. And I tell you, it's a good time if you get healed from cancer. It's a good time to see your grandma get saved before she dies. That happened here recently. Somebody's grandma come into church on a Sunday morning. And I thought, wow, this woman is really close. And during praise and worship, I said, Lord, don't let her die in the service. Three days later, she died. <laughs> she got to go to heaven. And, you know, I just think about, you know, it's a good time when you see people's lives change and see good things happen in them. And that's what we are. We're a life-changing church. And, you know, I think about what I prayed when I prayed that Jesus said, I set before you life and death, said choose. And, you know, that's what life is. Every day we got choices. And, you know, you look at this place built up this morning, a lot of people made a good choice. They came to sit in live in this service. At night, a lot of people made a good choice. And then, like Pastor Dave's been teaching this morning, that uh, Billy Graham said it years ago, he said, if you let me see your checkbook for five minutes, I'll tell you where your heart is. And what I, what I used to do when I led the staff years ago, about once a year, I would do a time study. I would give them a piece of paper with the seven days of the week on it at every hour of the day. And I said, just every hour, mark down what you're doing for the day for a week, and you'll see where your time is, see how much time you're wasting and what you're doing. And so, you know, you put down there maybe 9 o'clock bed, got up at 6 o'clock, and then, you know, then, then just see what you're doing from there to the rest of the day. You go to bed again, and you'll see where your heart is. You'll see what you could have really got accomplished, how much you could have grown or what you could have done. Amen. And we need, we, need, we need to periodically do checkups on our life to see how we're spending our time. And, you know, I got that time study off, off, off of money things, you know, back before they had the Dave, Dave Ramsey and all that kind of things used to teach us and planning a budget to write down every penny you spend for a while and see where your money goes. And so when I was pastoring back then, I thought, well, why can't we do that for time too, see where our time goes? Because, you know, people say all the time, I really don't have time to pray. I don't have time to study my Bible. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. And so when you do a time study, you find out we all got the same amount of time, just how we're going to spend it. And, you know, if you believe the Bible on the money part, Philippians 4.19, for Christians that tithe, give, etc., he said, my God, supply all of your need. Well, if your need's not being met, maybe you ought to do a money study. Maybe McDonald's getting too much of your money you could have paid the rent with. Hallelujah. 
Well, tonight we're going to be talking about what the Spirit is saying to the church today. How many want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church today? I do. I want to hold up this book, first of all. It's a book Mrs. Pastor and I wrote, What Always Precedes a Major Move of God. What Always Precedes a Major Move of God. And, uh, you know, I, th- th- that book came out of my journals in the year 2000. Mrs. Pastor put it into book form. But if you don't have that, you ought to buy one from the bookstore. And if you're watching on the Internet and you want to buy one, just message us on Facebook and we'll see how to get it to you. But the thing is, this is really a good book about these last days, what we're living in. And how many here know that God answers prayers? How much praying has there been over this nation? There's been a lot of praying over this nation. I'll tell you what, God is getting ready to move and answer some prayers over this nation. And I remember, I remember, I remember an election a while back when I asked the Lord, I, I never ever much asked him questions like this, but I said, Lord, what happened with all the prayer going on? He said, I answered the prayers of the believers, except a lot of believers did not obey me when they went to the booth. <laughs> Think about that. There's one thing of praying, and there's another thing of obeying. And so I know that we pray God answers prayers, and so there's a major move of God coming because there's too many people in America and around the world for their nations that are praying for things that don't tell me God's deaf. Don't tell me he's ignoring the cries of his people. He has always, always, always answered his people, and so... uh, Something's jumped off at me. This is not my message. This is coming out now, so i got to go with the flow when it happens. Something, in, in the book of Proverbs, we studied this past month. Today was Proverbs 31, our last day in Proverbs. But for the last couple years, I keep seeing in the Bible the phrase, justice and judgment, justice and judgment. How much God loves justice. He hates injustices. He hates oppression. And he hates all those things. He said he loves justice and judgment. said the man, the people, the nation leaders that walk in justice and don't do injustice to their people, how God's going to honor them. That jumps off me so much that I know the only thing that's going to change America, I've given up on judges and all those kind of people for doing right, got too many corrupt ones out there. But the thing is, the just judge. There's a day coming the just judge is going to start showing up. And when he does, it's going to be a move of God coming. And you want to be on the right side of the move. Amen. And so that's where my prayer shifted for the last for the last year or two. I say, Lord, when I see the things going on, I think, man, we've already prayed for people's eyes to be open for all these years. We prayed for justice all these years, et cetera, et cetera. And so now I've shifted, Lord. I want to thank you for justice and judgment from heaven for this nation. Justice and judgment from heaven. If the judges won't listen, then the Holy Spirit can move. Yeah, they'll either listen or they'll move. Be quiet and preach. I am preaching, okay? <laughs> Talking to myself. And so what the Spirit is saying to the church today, open up to Revelations chapter 2. Revelations chapter 2. And as I was praying this afternoon, and thinking about what Jesus would have me preach tonight, I was thinking about some things from this week, and then I thought about Revelations about what he said to the churches. And in Revelation chapter 1, when he talked to 
John, who wrote Revelations, said John was in the Spirit, and Jesus showed up and started talking to him. But look at chapter 2, verse 1. And in the King James, it says unto the angel, well, that word angel comes from the word messenger. And so he says to the messenger of the church, who's the messenger of the church? The primary message is the pastor. And so a lot of translations say to the pastor of the church. He said, to the pastor of the church, he said here, of Ephesus, right? And so he always, always, always speaks to the pastor to relate to the church what Jesus has to say for the church. And so I want you to notice that in verse 2, he said, I know thy works. And so he says some things here. And then he says, Pastor, tell the congregation, I know thy works. And there's seven churches here he talks to. Every one of them it starts off the same way. It says, say to the pastor of this church, and that church, and this church, and that church. He said, I know thy works. And so then he begins to speak to the pastor to tell the congregation and then at each, each one of these churches, these seven churches, if you've ever studied them, you know it. And Tony Cook wrote a book a few years ago about it. I think we have it in the bookstore. But when you study these here, you see it's the same thing to every church. He specifically knew what he called them to do. He knew what they were doing. He knew where they were missing it, where they were slacking off, where they wasn't doing what he called them to do. And so every one of these churches, he told them what they were doing right, what they were doing wrong, what they needed to do to correct it, to overcome it. And every one of them, he said, to he that overcometh will I give. And so he told different blessings, rewards, he could give the churches for what they were doing to make corrections, to do things right what he called them to do. And, you know, I want to say this again. He talked to the pastor for the churches, but when we say churches, I think we need to say congregations. He talked to the congregations because the church isn't a building. The church isn't things. The church is people. And so people that are hooked up with Jesus scripturally, they submit to a pastor and they're trusting the pastor to do right. And I'll tell you what, I've learned out of all my years of pastoring that a pastor better do right or they're in trouble. Matter of fact, I was looking at things today about pastoring again. In James chapter 3, verse 1 said, My brother, be not many teachers. Don't many of you be spiritual leaders because you're judged by a higher standard, greater accountability, stricter judgment. And then in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, I'm quoting verses. I hope you're writing them down because they'll help you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, it says, For the congregation, for the sheep, said, Submit to those that have authority over you. And this is so scary to me, he says, for they watch for your souls because they got to give an account for you. And so to me, that's why uh, unless God calls you to be a pastor, man, don't step into that thing unless you know for sure God called you. Because I'll tell you what, there's enough, there's enough darts, arrows, missiles fly your way as a pastor that the shield of faith in the will of God is a pastor. You can get them off, but you're out of the will of God trying to make yourself a pastor. As you're not, there's no way you can handle those spiritual missiles. I don't know if you ever thought about that or not, but I've seen people try to pastor that obviously weren't pastors, man, they got slam dunked. And so anyway, pastor says, give an account for your souls. And you know, that's why I, well, matter of fact, we've got a good book by Dr. Barkley in the bookstore out there about how, how, to, how to biblically relate to your pastor. 
And, you know, he talks about people that want a buddy. They always want to treat their pastor on an equal level. You know, that we're the, we're the same thing, your buddy. And I like what Dr. Barclay said. It helped me years ago. He said, well, do you want a pastor's anointing? Minister of your life, do you want a brother's anointing? If you want the brother's anointing, then just look at your pastor like he's your fishing buddy, he's your baseball buddy. You know, that's old, that, well, that's old buddy Bernie. I, I'll tell you what, I go to Bernie's church. Who's Bernie's? Well, who's Bernie? He's my pastor. And, you know, I'm not saying that to elevate me up. I'm saying that to operate, cooperate with Jesus because, you know, I, I, I like Brother Dave. He's my son of the faith, but he's a brother. But in the spiritual arena, he's not called to be a pastor. He's called to help the pastor. So the difference, Dave and I have hung out together. We've done things, worked on things together like that. But Dave's always known who his pastor was. Although, uh, like I said, I say it again, a pastor doesn't think we're better than somebody else. But if we don't get our hearts right with God to recognize we got something they don't have, then we're not going to be able to do our job for Jesus wants us to do. I love it. This morning, I was praying, praying for one of our one of our believers, and they've had some ups and downs in life. Come up to me, just want a little testimony. Say, I want to tell you, said I've been walking good, and doing good. That's what you do. I just want to tell you like that. Just keep me in your prayers. I don't want to ever back off again. And so when I was praying for him, a little bit of prophesying come out, and I said, you know what? I've seen you were down, and I've seen you when you're up, and now I've seen you you're stable. I said, you're going to stay walking stable. And so that's the kind of things happen. See, when a pastor speaks words from heaven like that, they have something in them that a brother's words don't have. You know, Christians can edify one another, encourage one another, but when a pastor speaks from heaven, he says right here, say to the pastor of the congregation in Barstow, tell him this. Amen. And so that's what he says. And then he says, know thy works. And then, then the next thing he says, verse 7, after he told him what to do to correct things, make things right, he said, then he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit, what the Spirit. Well, the pastor's doing the talking. He told the pastor what to say and what to do, but then he says it's the Spirit talking. Wow. That's why I love to go to Oceanside down by San Diego every year to the Holy Spirit conference to hear my pastor talk. I want to hear what the Spirit's saying through my pastor to me because he's my pastor. I'm a pastor, but I'm his sheep. I look forward to hear what the Spirit has to say through Dr. Barclay. I want to know. Amen. And so he always closes off to every one of these seven churches said the same thing. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, him that overcometh will I give. And so every one of these, he ends the same way. He tells what the reward is. And so it's the Holy Spirit talking to the pastor for the church. And then he gets down to the end of it. He says, here's the Holy Spirit talking to the pastor and the church. Because the pastor is the leader. He's got to be the one to set the standard to show the church, here's what we overcome. And this is not anything talking about making corrections, justice to the church, because I don't have anything to make. And, you know, I was thinking, Pastor Dave, when I was sitting with his words for a while ago, I was thinking about this. I was thinking what I've learned out all my years of Christian living. If the Lord's not saying anything to correct, then just stay steady. And so that tells me that our church is on a good course right now. He hadn't got on my case, hasn't got on Pastor Dave's case that I know of about changing things, that makes me feel really good, but there's no corrections. But praise God, we're going to stay steady in what we're doing. But you see, 
people getting born again like we saw this morning. That young man came up here, and I, I didn't get to talk to Pastor Jabe yet, but I was over here praying for somebody else. Saw this grown man standing over there crying like a baby. I thought, wow, there's something good happening there. And you know, when you give your heart to Jesus, and you come from Centerville, I used to live in Centerville, you come from Centerville into the church, you do cry because you recognize that if I would have died, I would have went to hell. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't go to hell. I lived long enough to get born again. I got saved. That's a good living church when people are getting born again, give their life to Jesus to get turned around. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Man, we're in a living church. And so he always said these three things to these seven different churches. And then, as I was praying this afternoon, I thought about what I was thinking yesterday on my 42nd spiritual birthday. 42 years old yesterday. About 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning on Pennsylvania Avenue in downtown Indianapolis, I was driving straight truck 306, and the night before, I'd had an encounter with the Lord, and I hadn't given my heart to him yet. But I remember I was at a place called Avery Press, delivered a few cards to this place downtown, and I was standing there at the desk, and I was taking care of paperwork at the end, and so back then phone calls cost a dime, and I wanted to spend a dime for a call, so I, I, I don't know if it's cheap or what it was, I thought I won't make a personal phone call, so I, I made a phone call, and a person I was with when Jesus had visited us told me some more of what happens. And when that happened, right there, in front of these strangers, I came in that place as a sinner. I raised up my hands. I said, Jesus, I know you're real now. I give my life to you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, you're real. I give my life to you. And that was on January 29th, 1980. And I've never looked back. I've never looked back. So anyway, this week, I was thinking about that, especially yesterday, I was thinking about that, and I got to thinking. When I got born again in 1980, that's what a lot of these, whatever they, what do they call those Left Behind movies, is that what they were called? I can't remember, I didn't watch them yet. But they, that, that was really big rapture things back then. And I remember these barcodes just got invented right then. Because I remember the churches were preaching, don't, leave, don't use the barcode, that's the mark of the beast. And I remember how weird it was first time I went to a grocery store and they scanned stuff instead of rugging up. You know, some people old enough to remember, they used to do math in their heads. You paid them with money and the cashier would figure things out and they count your money back to you. They'd go, 25, 50, 75 dollars. There's your change. I went to this place and got something and the lady scanned it. I went, it was a barcode. We hadn't heard of him yet. And that, that's where, I, I was thinking about that. They're talking about Jesus coming back any time. And people, if they were at a restaurant or they got something back and the bill was 7 cent or 666, you're going to come back 666. No, 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 ring that up again. Because they weren't going to take the mark. They were, everybody was really, really sure in 1980, that was the year. Then in 1981, this is the year. 1982, this is the year. And so yesterday, I was thinking about that. I was thinking, Lord, for 42 years, I've watched for this. And then I got to think about all the Bible passages I know that Jesus talked about, that the apostles talked about, and I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, Jesus is really coming back. I know that heaven really is real. I know that hell's real. Eternity's forever. 
And whether he comes back in my lifetime or not, I don't know. I'm going to live like I expect him to come back. I'm going to expect him to come back. But if he doesn't, I know he is going to come back regardless of what happens now. I know that. And so I was thinking about that. I was thinking, Lord, it just felt like, man, it's just business as usual all these years. It hasn't happened yet. But there was no doubt in my heart when I was praying and talking to him. But Lord, I said, I know what I see. And I started quoting Bible passages. I know things he said, things the apostles said. And I know the Bible's true. Jesus Christ is real. This whole thing's going to change. So as I was thinking about those things this afternoon again, I got to think before I preached this, well, the book of Revelation says he talks to the pastor, to the congregation. And so I just want to look at another passage here of what I know that will help, will help uh, stabilize you if you need it, will help shore up your thinking if you're wondering too, why, 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 when, 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 what, 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 what. If you're, you know, if you ever think about those things about, wow, been saying this for all this time. Well, it's not the first time people thought this. And so, Second Peter chapter, chapter uh, three, Second Peter chapter three. I just want to go through this a little bit and look at some things. And I just want to go through this and actually read the Bible. And you know, uh, as I was on my spiritual birthday, I was thinking about what I've done for all my forty-two years. And I reached over, and I picked up some of my cards. Remember, I've always talked about three by five cards? Well, this is kind of wore out now. That's because it's from 1981. I've got cards here, and I started going through. I mean, I've got lots of more cards, too. But I, I got this stack, and I started going through them this week again. Because how many know that spiritual habits, that are good spiritual habits, you don't need to ever stop them? It's called working out. Pastor Dave talked about working out. I've never really worked out in the gym. I've looked at some, but I never worked out in one. But I've worked out in the Word of God for 42 years. I know how to work out in the Word. I know what to do. So I looked at this, and this here is from September 11th. I wrote this card out, 1981. 1 Corinthians 13, the Amplified Bible. Love endures longness, patient and kind. So what was I meditating on in September of 1981 and over the years? You can tell the cards are kind of worn. They've been used. I carried these in semis, thousands and thousands and thousands of miles. I go through the cards, and so I went through these. And then we get down here to 1982, Proverbs 19:2 Amplified, November 18th, 1982. How many know what happened on November 27th, 1982? Some of you do. I married that beautiful young woman sitting on the front row. Amen. And, and to me, she's just as beautiful, more beautiful now than she was then. But I didn't see much of the outside package then because I was looking at the spirit. I didn't marry her for the outside. I married her for what she had in her heart for Jesus. But anyway, I just want to show you, because I went through these cards yesterday, and I was thinking about these things. That then as I saw the verse, I realized what I was going through. It says, desire without knowledge is not good, and to be over hasty is to sin and miss the mark. I was thinking, we're going to get married in another week, and I'm double-checking, triple-checking, making sure this is what God wants for me to marry this lady. I really want to make sure this is where our course is in life. Pastor Dave, if it wasn't for that verse right there, you wouldn't be here. And you need to think, you, now listen to this verse right here. Proverbs 19.2 amplifies, some of you need to hear this now. Desire without knowledge is not good. And to be over hasty is to sin and miss the mark. 
And so God may give you a desire is what that's saying, but if you get out of his timing, you'll get in trouble. You have to prepare yourself, have to be ready. And so that was the first thing. And then I was looking, I was looking at these different time things. And I said, well, anyway, I get down, I get down to, to when Pastor Dave was born. And it took us, I think, five years to pay him off. I was a part-time truck driver then. I was in between jobs, didn't have insurance. And I found out you don't go into the hospital five minutes till midnight unless you want to pay for the whole previous day. And when you don't have money and don't have a good job and they let you make payments, it takes a while to pay for it. But I do not fear bad news nor live in dread of what may happen. This is Psalms 112, verse 78 in the Living Bible. For I have settled in my mind that Jesus will take care of me. That is why I'm not afraid. Took the company, faced my foes. And so I went through things like that for years. And so that's why these cards are so important to me. That's why I could stand up here all the time without thinking it quote Bible verses. I carried these things up and down the highways. I had them by my bedside. I drank them with, I, I, when I drank my coffee. I read these verses out loud, meditating day and night, and they got in me. And I want to say this again. I always, always, always quoted the verse first so I'd know where, the, where I could find it if I needed to. I never just quoted the Bible verse without quoting the location of the verse. Anyway, that's what I did. I was thinking about this yesterday, about all the years that I've done this, and it looked like, you know, where's he at? Said he's coming back. And so Second Peter chapter 3, I'm just going to go through this and look at some things. And I think it will help you. And so the Apostle Peter said this, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. You know, I remember 9-11. I remember 9-11. When I, when I saw those towers fall on September the 11th, I knew when I watched what happened that we didn't watch it. The devil, through politicians and people and enemies, tried to steal that. I remember... When, that, when the days preceded that, they said, well, never forget, we'll always remember. And I thought, I know the way that things work, that somebody's going to try to wipe that out where it's going to offend somebody to talk about 9-11 later on down the road. And then they got to now where I, I'm not for sure, but they might have quit reading the people's names in it. I think during the COVID stuff, they stopped. But the whole thing was, I know that when I was born right after World War II, everybody talked about Pearl Harbor for years. They always remember Pearl Harbor. And I've been there twice. If you ever go to Pearl Harbor, you'll never forget it. We stood up above the Arizona, and I tell you what, it sends chills up your spine to see that oil still come out of that ship. You stand there looking at the Arizona down there. You can see the Arizona right underneath where you're at, and right before, right before it got it got torpedoed and bombed, right before that they just filled up the boat with diesel fuel, and that diesel fuel still leaking out. I mean, just every few seconds that diesel comes out after all these years. But it's really very chilly. And so, us baby boomers, we remember Pearl Harbor. We wasn't there when it happened, but we were there right after it happened. When our dads, that our uncles, and our people came back from the war, we knew they were there. That was always remembered. And 9-11 was real. And so right here, right here now, that's why I said that, say this. Peter said, I'm going to stir up your remembrance again. you got to remember. As just as real as those anniversary dates are in America's history, <clears throat> The Bible needs to be just as real. We can't let we can't let this be stolen from us. That you may be mindful, and I, you know, as a Bible teacher, when I see words that jump off at me, 
if you're mindful, I see that means your mind's full of this. What's it full of? Full of the words. It says that you may be mindful, have your mind full of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets out of the commandment of us, us the apostles of the Lord and Savior. He's saying these words, the Holy Spirit gave the apostles written down, that's called our Holy Bible, said you need to keep your mind full of these. He said you need to remember and not forget. Knowing this, that there shall come in the what? What days? If the Bible says last days, guess what? There's last days. That was 2,000 years ago. Guess what? The last days aren't coming. They're here. What's going to happen to the last days? It's going to be scoffers. That means mockers. You know what mockers mean? I looked that up a few years ago. Mockers mean somebody that lives a counterfeit lifestyle. A mocker is somebody just imitating. If you're mocking somebody, oh, quit mocking me. What are you doing? Quit imitating me. That's what a mocker imitators says going to be Christians that are counterfeit Christians. They're going to say they're Christians, but they're not really Christians. You know what I've, what I've seen the last few years? I don't know if you've seen this or not. I've seen on the news at election time the last few years politicians making speeches for pro-life in Christian churches with a Christian clothing. Then I've seen to go to, go to other camps <clears throat> where they got people that are pro-choice making speeches there because they want their vote. And then I've seen some people going to churches making speeches about how much they want God in America. And then I've gone see the same politicians the next day on the same news channels going to places that want the Bible out of school. Separation of church and state. You know what they are? They're mockers. They're counterfeiters. Well, what did the Holy Spirit say through Peter? It says, in the last days, there are going to be these mockers, scoffers, walking after their own lust. That means their own desires. And you know, if you're a Christian, you're going to have godly desires. If you're a mocker, you're going to have counterfeit desires, wrong things. And look at this. And they're going to be saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, since the fathers died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now this here, next few verses, are really, really, really eye-opening revelation to end times believers. For this they, are will, they willingly are ignorant of, by the word of God, their heavens were of old. Okay? To see what he says there, you have to go back to Genesis chapter 1. We won't do it right now because I think most people are familiar with the fact that says, and God said, that was the word of God, his word coming out. God said, let there be light. God said, let the waters cover the earth. God said, let every seed produce after its own kind. God said, let the seas be filled with fishes. God said, let the trees bear fruit. All the things that God said, he said, that's how God created this whole thing. God got this thing started by speaking his word. It says, it says there will be ignorant that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. It said, because God said it, that's how it got here. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Because God's the one that told Noah, said, build an ark, I'm getting ready to judge this. and said, I'm going to destroy this world. He spoke the word. And God's word brought on the flood. God's word did. It said uh, that, that the word overflowed with water. It said, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store. 
And that's why all the phony stuff about all the stuff they want to say, what they want to do. To me, Christians should be the most caring people for taking care of nature and the earth and everything else. There's no way I'm going to vote for saving birds and spiders and bugs and say, yes, but kill the babies. Amen. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to put a baby above a spider every time. It says the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store. In other words, God right now is not going to let anything happen to this earth because the word of God said, let there be light. It said, let there be the water. Let there be the trees. God said, let those things be there until I say different. He said, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition or destruction of ungodly men. And so God said, these things are reserved because he told Noah, he said, I'm going to give you the rainbow that I'll never destroy it again with water. Then he tells right, I'm going to destroy it this time by fire. And so anyway, uh, he said, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And you know, to me, the best way I understand that, I heard Dr. Roy Hicks, man, way back in whew, early 1980s, teach this one time. It's always stuck with me. I went back sometimes on the internet to find his sermons, but he talks about it. It's so good. How many know that God lives in eternity? And we live in time on earth. Well, time and eternity are two different realms. But God is eternal, but he can see time. God can see the past as good as he can see the future. And has anybody ever seen a wagon wheel like on the wagon trains? They've got the spokes, got the great big wheel. you got the hub in the middle. you got the axle through the hub and the wheel spin. you got all these spokes. Well, Roy Hicks explained it this way. He said, that hub in the middle, that spoke, that axle, he said it doesn't move. It's like God in eternity. God's eternal. He stays the same. But these spokes, he said, on a wagon wheel, is like God looking out at time. God's, God can look at this spoke, and he sees the day that Bernie Samples got saved. He looks at another spoke. He can he see the day that I moved to heaven. He looks at another spoke. He can see what I did with my life. He can look at these segments of time. He can look at your life. God can look at a spoke. He can see Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He can look at another spoke out in time. He can see Jesus coming back. He can see all those things because he's God. He lives in eternity. Now listen to this. I learned something a few years ago about why I got in trouble back in Indiana prematurely ahead of God in my church business back there. Because he's eternal, and when we get into the spirit, we get into the spirit, we start picking up glimpses of things. And if you don't train yourself, I had to train myself after I got hurt for selling a church building prematurely. I saw what God wanted to do. I saw it, the spirit picked up on it, and I knew it. But that's because I got close to him with the spirit, and I saw what he was going to do. But one day is a thousand years, a thousand years a day. And so I saw it. I thought it was today. But it wasn't time. And so we as Christians, this may help you. As a Christian, you pick up on things. And when you do, 
unless you're really disciplined, you've learned the hard way like I did, you jump out and you want to go now. You can't up on it. But we need, I've been studying Brother Hagen book again. I, I've kept the same spiritual disciplines for 42 years. I've got a Brother Hagen book. I was looking at notes. I got that book from the early 90s when he printed that book. But I go through that book there and it's talking about these seasons of life and how when you pick up things, you got to pray this thing through and find out not only the what, but you got to know the when. You got to know the how. You got to know those things. And so see what he says right here. What is it the Lord's a thousand years? A thousand years is one day. That's why all of a sudden you'll see something. And this brother Hagen book I've been studying, he made the comment there when he's writing this book. He said, I saw things over 40 years ago I'm just now getting to do. He said, I saw some things that I've not done yet, but I know they will. And so I got to thinking, this is part of my ministry that I've seen for probably 40 years myself. And I haven't got to do it yet. And I told Mrs. Pastor, when I was talking about it yesterday, I said, you know what? For 40 years, that has not went away. If that was just some good thing, if that was just some imagination or something that, that my head wanted to do, I would have lost that. But I get into prayer, I still see it after 40 years. But I've learned now that what is, one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. What am I going to do? I'm going to keep looking at my cards. I'm going to meditate the Word of God. I'm going to do what I know to do. I'm going to preach. I'm going to teach. I'm going to be a good church person. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give. I'm going to witness at Walmart the door opens up. I'm going to exhort fellow preachers if I get the chance. I'm going to be a blessing to my congregation members. What am I going to do? I'm going to live a Christian life. That's what I'm going to do because I know this is real. And so that's what he said. He said, always remember this, that God doesn't know. God doesn't know time. We live in time, but God doesn't, not, God doesn't live in time. He's eternal, but we walk with him. He'll give us glimpses. So he says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. He's long-suffering to us, not willing that he should perish, not willing that he should perish, but all, all should come to repentance. And so that verse there helped me understand something years ago. When I was a young Christian, I was reading the local newspaper in town, told about some old guy, like he died at 105 years old or something like that. And right before the guy died, they asked him, said, well, what was your secret to living so long? He said, good whiskey and wild women. And I said, Lord, why did that guy get to live that long and then leaves that as his legacy, what he had to say? He said, I kept him alive as long as I could because people were praying for his salvation. He wouldn't yield. And so then I thought about recently somebody pretty famous died, and I saw a lot of Christians when I looked at Facebook praising this person, thought what an awesome person this was. And I've never watched this person because I saw how they talked, what they stood for. I thought, how could Christians jump on this bad wagon and praise somebody that up till the day they die promoted blankety, 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 blank kinds of sex and everything else. And everybody talked about a wonderful, what a wonderful person role model this was. The horrible things that I heard that this person did, said, acted, all they did. I thought, how could a Christian do that? Then I thought, this person lived so long because people were praying for the salvation. It says, because the Lord's long-suffering, he doesn't want anybody to perish. You know, these things here ought to help us understand some things. 
You know, we wonder sometimes how come somebody's really a godly person dies young and then the wicked lives so long. Well, the godly person is going to go to heaven anyway. Be nice to live a long time, but if they die young, they're in heaven. But the wicked, if they die young, they go to hell. So if people are praying for them, they get to live a longer time. They got much longer, greater chance of getting saved. That helps me understand things when I see people that died at old age and man, it's just they had no good fruit. Amen. It says, but the day of the Lord will come. I've got that circle in my Bible from years and years and years ago. The day of the Lord will come. It says it will come. Like a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away. Well, let me ask you this. If some, if you get ready to, to go to a funeral, talk about somebody, say, well, when did they pass away? What's that mean? They died. You know, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? They passed away last week. They died. He says that the heavens and the earth says they're going to pass away too. They're going to be gone. says with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The also the earth also and the works that are there, they shall be burned up. That's not climate change. That's global warming. That's red hot stuff. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not the global warming, not saying the stuff that everybody, I'm saying that's real global warming. When this happens, the Bible says it. And you know, if we're going to be people that believe the Bible, we do know this day's coming. And it says, see then that all these things shall be dissolved. Now here we're coming down what the Spirit is saying to the church today. It said this, what manner of persons are you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? And godliness. Holy and godliness. Simple definition of holy is say no to sin. God's holy because God doesn't sin. And so we as Christians need to do our best. When we know something's not right, don't do it. If you've been doing it and find out it's wrong, quit doing it. It says, says we, because we know these things are going to happen, should live holy and godliness. Godliness means God's likeness. We ought to act like God acts. And Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Be imitators of God as dear children. And, you know, we're not God, but we have his nature. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, The inside of us as new creatures in Christ said we have his righteousness on the inside. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says we should live unto righteousness. That means we should, more and more, let what's on the inside show up on the outside. If we were haters and badmouthers, there ought to be more and more where on the inside influences the outside where we quit being haters, we start being lovers. Pastor Dave taught that this morning. And instead of being badmouthers, we go to Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That which is good, use of edifying. Well, why was I able to quote that so quick out of my spirit? Got it on a card. I carried that and read it out loud for months and months and months and months to become real to me that I can control my words if I control my mind. I can control my mind if I let my heart get full of the word. For the buttest of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Matthew 12, 34 from this morning. And see, see what I'm saying here? He said, since we know these things are really going to happen, what manner of person should we be? said so we ought to live in all holiness and godliness, do our, do our best to see how Jesus handled things and handled the same way. You know, I, heard t I was at a conference down at John Osteen's church in April 1981. 
I heard T.L. TL Osborne make, make, make a statement about the whole thing here. You know, to think the thoughts of God. If Jesus did it, we can do it. If Jesus said it, we can say it. Why is that? Because we have his nature. We have his spirit on the inside of us. And all we have to do is start disciplining this outside man to yield to the inside man. We can think the thoughts of Jesus. What's the thoughts of Jesus? Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Amen. And then, then T.L. Osborne went on to say this. said, the only, the only people that Jesus ever unloaded on, he ever come down on, was religious people using their religion to control other people. Religious people use their religion to control other people. We as Christians live right and we preach the word of God, we teach the word of God, we talk the live of God, the word of God, but we don't use the word of God as a weapon to condemn somebody else. You know, people get convicted by our lifestyle. The Bible says they should be convicted by how we live. They, 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 should, they should ask us, what's the reason of hope in you, Melinda? Why are you always smiling, Melinda? Well, it's because my mom made me Melinda Joy. No, it's because the joy of the Lord is her strength. But your mom was right on when she did that. But the thing is, people should be convicted by us. Well, Dave, how come you won't go to this movie with me? Everybody's watched it. They say, I'm not everybody, I'm whosoever. You know, everybody might go, but that's not my name. I identify I'm whosoever. Amen. And so then they say, well, well, oh, so you're judging us? I'm not judging you at all. I'm judging myself. If I watch things that violate my conscience, then I condemn myself. So no, I would rather just stay away than have to repent later. And then lose sleep over too. You know, the Holy Spirit's talking to this church tonight. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit's talking to people watching us. He says, seeing then that all these things are going to be dissolved, what manner of persons are you to be? In your holy conversation, that means your conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God. It's coming. Where the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Hey, he made it once. Can he make it again if he wants to? Can he redo it? Can he have a makeover? Said he's going to. Wherefore, beloved, see that you look for such things. Be diligent that you may be found of him in, in peace without spot and blameless. And what that says is this. Live the best you know how. Do the best you can do. And you know, I was praying for somebody today that I know is going through a hard time. And they're, they're not, not quite right upstairs. They're a little slow. You know what I mean? And so they're just kind of, they're kind of feeble-minded. The Bible talks to Thessalonians. says comfort the feeble-minded. <clears throat> so I know that everybody is not on the same page spiritually as some people, for whatever reason, are mentally unable to grasp spiritual things like you know, somebody that's normal can do. I was praying for them. I said, Lord, I just want to thank you for where they are in life of helping them to do the best they can do with what they're able to walk in and help them to be able to fulfill your plan and your purpose for their life, Lord, at their level where they are. And so see, the thing is, the way we're all wired to our level of knowledge 
compatibility of the things of God. That's what he's saying right here. He said, live blameless. That means live the best you can for what you know and always be willing to grow and know more. Amen. And you know, I, I want to say that God is not like modern American schools. He doesn't promote you if you're still a dumb butt. Period. God promotes you when you grow. God does not want Jethro Bodines running the church. What's a Jethro Bodine? How many know? What was Jethro's claim to fame? I'm in the fifth grade. I've been in the fifth grade. I'm 25 years old. I've been in the fifth grade for 16 years. God doesn't want you at the same level of faith now as you were in 1980. Remember when you started. He wants you to grow. And so that's what he's saying. An account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved a brother Paul, also according to the wisdom gift of him written unto you, has also in all his epistles, speaking in them of those things in which those, those these things which are some things hard to be understood. But now look at this, which they that are unlearned, untaught, and unstable, twist, as do also the other scriptures to their own destruction. And so he tells us he wants us to learn to grow and not twist the word of God. You know, I just think about something that uh, to me, I see so many times in the word of God, God says things like, husbands, love your wives. He never said, boyfriends, sleep with your girlfriends, and love your girlfriends. He said, husbands, love your wives. He said, wives, submit unto your own husbands. As to the Lord. People twist those things and think some things are okay now. You know, the Bible is very plain. You know, we just think about that. Isn't marriage wonderful? <laughs> but no, I'm just thinking like that. In modern times, they've twisted so many things, and they call evil good and good evil. And if the Bible says it's wrong to lie, it's wrong to lie. The Bible says it's wrong to get high and get drunk, it's wrong to high and get drunk. If the Bible says it's wrong to steal, it's still wrong to steal. Those things are never justified, but things get twisted by who they get twisted by? The counterfeits. Amen. He says those that are unstable twist these things. It says what for? To their own destruction. Verse 17 and verse 18 is very specifically scriptures I look, like, I look at many times just to keep myself steady. <clears throat> he says, you therefore... And this, this is what we're closing with. Get a hold of this. This is what the Spirit saith unto the church. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things beforehand. How many know these things beforehand? Buy the tape. Oh, we're not doing tapes, are we? Watch it back on social media. Watch this kid. This is an audience participation seminar. How many know these things beforehand? How do we know them? Because the Bible says so. Said you know these things, for beware, beware lest you also be led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. That's something the Lord has helped keep me sharp on. A lot of times when I preach so far this first month of the year off what I preached the last Wednesday about the annals, that, you know, your goal for 2022 above all else should be number one, you're going to live like a Christian every day. Number two, you're going to stay faithful in church consistently. 
Amen. Number three, you're going to be a consistent tither. Number four, you'll be quick to repent, quick to forgive. Number five, you catch yourself backslide, you're going to stop. Turn around, head back. You're going to stay on the right road. That's the error of the wicked. They fall for their own steadfastness. You know, I think about these cards that I carry and things like that I do. That 42 years, pretty good record of doing that, isn't it? But you know what? It's kept me steady. It's kept me sharp. It's helped me to do right. But grow in grace. Grow in grace. The grace of God covers so many things. There's a grace for preaching and teaching. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands, honor their wives because they're heirs together of the grace of life. There's a grace you need to live by. And as a husband and wife, when I see that, I always think of the three-legged races. Anybody ever, you probably never had them. We used to do them at the church some. A three-legged race, if you're watching old TV shows, they had church picnics, they had three-legged races. They get two people together, and they tie the leg together, maybe have a half dozen other couples, and they're running like this. And if you don't run together, you fall and you trip. Well, I see, I see this for the grace of life where it talks about husband and wife. That's 1 Peter 3, 7. It says you're heirs together, the grace of life. When you're a single person, you're responsible for you. You're responsible for the grace for you to live by. <clears throat> but if you get married, you're joined together as one in the Lord. When you're married, and you've got to learn then to walk in the grace together. But then at the same time, one puts a thousand to flight, two puts ten thousand to flight. When you walk together as a husband and wife, when you're equally yoked, you need to learn to grow in the grace of life as a married couple. Amen. Well, you have any newlyweds that may help you. <laughs> Amen. It says grow in grace. I, I, I got to say that again now. You can grow in the grace. You know, whatever it is you have on a job, a ministry, there's a grace to help you do it. That's God's enablement to help you do it better. And so if you've got a new job, if God's given you something in ministry to do, then you've got a grace with it too. And so if you'll be obedient to trust him with the grace to do it, your grace will grow. He'll take you to a higher level. He'll give you more responsibility. Growing grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that means grow in your Bible study habits. Because knowledge of Jesus comes to knowledge of the Word. Amen. And it says, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And so I want to say this, specifically for us, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. But the Spirit said to the churches, stay saved. It really is end times. There is going to be a judgment day coming. <clears throat> Whether you're on earth or not, Jesus is real. And so what we need to do, and you know some of us that are older, we need to make sure we pass the baton to the younger so they will keep on doing what they're doing if we leave here before it ends. Amen? Because it is going to end. Glory to God. I'll tell you what, I preach to be happy. Amen. Amen. Let's stand, let's stand up. Let's stand up. Thank you, James. I appreciate that. Well, I'll tell you what, we love these young guys. Get a hold of it. Somebody said amen or oh me. Amen. Did anybody really get anything out of that? Did that help you? Amen. This, this is very, very real. And so, you know, that's why 
I refuse to get caught up in the political correctness of the day because all these things that don't really matter don't matter. We want things to be the best they can be, but the main thing that does matter is for you to judge you and live a good Christian life and influence as many people as you can to make the right choices in life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's, Josh, let's just worship and see if the Holy Ghost wants to say anything or do anything as we close out. Amen. It's, it's Sunday night. It's only quarter after seven. I mean, man, back in Indiana, we didn't close down on Sunday night till nine or ten. Somebody said, Pastor, we're not in the end. We kind of been this new generation. This is what we do. Well, I'm not 50 years old either now. I'm a little older now, so maybe I don't want to go to 9 or 10 unless he's doing something really big. <laughs> Amen. We're usually saw logs by 10. All right, let's worship Jesus. and, and just, just uh, Let's just worship him and see what he wants to say, what he wants to do as we close out. shall come with trumpet sound oh may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone I fall listening before the Christ alone, a cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord Christ alone, the cornerstone, weak made strong, and the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, the Lord of
shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in Him be found and dressed in His righteousness alone. A faultless stand before the throne. Christ alone, a cornerstone, a weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord. A cornerstone, a weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord to be seated for a minute. How many want to stay in a Holy Ghost church? It'd be a Holy Ghost church. <clears throat> uh, I, I, I let us miss it a minute ago. The Lord specifically told me he does. He didn't say have altar time. I let that start happening and happen. And he started, he started giving me some things and I lost it. But that started happening. We're in training. It's been a lot of years since we've been in flows like God's wanting to start right now. We're talking about a major move of God. We need to learn to flow with the Spirit. And, you know, tonight when we wanted, he wanted to go out and worship a little bit, he wanted to do that so he could say some things. And then we could have had altar time where we prayed for people. We specifically wanted us to worship him right then. And so then, as I knew, I had to let you know that we kind of missed what he wanted to do. Then he reminded me of something is services like this that can happen when you go with the flow. <clears throat> in about 1997, I was at a preacher's meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Anybody ever heard of a lady named Billy Brim? Anybody ever seen Billy Brim? Billy, Billy Brim was a speaker that night, and I was sitting about, oh, probably about where Doug, Doug and Alexis are right there, maybe one, I think it's the third row back in the middle section like that, and Billy Brim's big on preaching end time things. Well, I never saw myself as an end-time preacher. Still don't, but I am. That, 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 what, what I was thinking she was talking about, talking about end-time preachers, about people who teach, teach out the book of Revelation a lot, Daniel and things like that. And she said, how many of you out here are end-time preachers? I just said that. I thought, well, man, I'm not one of those Revelation preachers. She said, how many know it's the end times? How many are preachers? You're an end-time preacher then. And then when she said that, said, if you want to have understanding, come up here, and I want to pray for you. Man, I was the first one out of my seat. I'm, 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 I'm telling you something spiritual, how these things work out of obedience. And so I got up there, 
and she laid her hands on me. As she laid her hands on me, I felt the noise start to come on me. And I'm going to, I'm going to teach you something about yielding to the Spirit here. And so when it came on me, I started getting like that. And I knew I could have stopped it and not went down. But I knew that the Holy Spirit, and so it was wobbly, instead of resisting it, I chose to yield to it and I went down. And at any time, at that point in time, I could have stopped myself. Well, when I went down, then I got frozen to the floor because the Spirit of God came all over me and all of a sudden I had a vision. She said, if you want to have an understanding of end time, there's an end time preacher, come up here. And so I got up there. And as I was laying there, all of a sudden, with my eyes closed, it was so weird. Has anybody, I, I'm not a Catholic, never been a Catholic, but they got this heart thing, this big red heart thing. All of a sudden, that, I saw something look like that heart in front of my eyes just floating around like that. And on the inside, I said, that really is a heart. As soon as I said that, it disappeared. And then as I laid there, all of a sudden, I saw this great big eyeball. And I looked at it and just kind of, like that, kind of just kept getting, I said, that really is an eye. And then that eyeball disappeared when I said that. And then I saw an ear, a human ear. I said, that really is an ear. And then when I said that, it disappeared. Then I saw a mouth. And I saw this mouth, his lips, his tongue. He was right in front of me. I said, wow, that really is a mouth. And so then I felt released. I went back to my seat. And then the Lord said, he said, talk about end times. He said, when you cultivate your heart, for the first second Saul's a heart, when you cultivate your heart, you'll begin to see what I want you to see. And then you begin to see, you'll begin to hear what I'm saying. Then you begin to speak what I want you to speak. It was heart, eye, ear, mouth. Well, I learned over the years then, when I cultivate my heart, I start seeing it in the Spirit. Then when I start seeing it in the Spirit accurately, I start hearing the Spirit. And then when I hear the Spirit, I speak by the Spirit. That's what was happening tonight in that sermon, if you don't know it. That was Jesus tonight because I cultivated my heart to hear, and then I began to see things. That's why it took me back 42 years to tell you about those cards and things and what I've got to where I'm at this place in life now to be able to help people. And so at our services, as Pastor David, all, that all of us are where we are right now, <clears throat> in one sense, we're a baby church in one sense because we have a lot of new Christians that don't know the ways of the Spirit. We've got a lot of older Christians like us that have got rusty because we haven't been in this for a long time. And so tonight, as we closed, I could have just said, all right, if you need prayer, come up here. I want to pray for you. And I started to say that, and then the Holy Spirit said no. He said, let him worship to see what I want to say. And so, in other words, Pastor Dave and the rest of us, Pastor Katie, Mrs. Pastor, praise team, we're in a training season right now for a move of God. At the move of God, because the Spirit speaks to the pastor, pastors, like that to the congregation, I'm telling the congregations here tonight, 
on Sunday night and the ones that are watching out there on social media. Let's go back to boot camp and get trained now for what God wants to do. We're getting ready to get some marching orders. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The war's on. We might as well get in all the way. And because we're on social media, I'm saying nothing about guns, saying nothing about hurting people. I talk about Christians that pray and live like Christians to do spiritual warfare. Because the spiritual always determines the natural, changes the natural, good or bad. So as we as a church get trained to the ways of the Holy Spirit, then we learn in here, we flow in here, and then guess what? As you go back out to the world around you, you're anointed better, you're trained better, you flow better, and then you'll recognize when the Holy Spirit wants to use you out there where you are to do things. But it starts right here in the church, amen? And so, uh, you know, I just, can't we try this one more time? I'm going to close down right now, but I just think there might be something else. Let's just worship him where we are. And if, if you're really tired and don't want to stand up, then worship him from your seat. But the main thing is, let's just give him a chance. If there's anything else he wants to do, I don't want to miss out. If there's somebody here tonight he wants to deliver, I want him delivered. If there's somebody out here tonight needs to hear a word from heaven because they're in a crisis situation, I want that word to come forth. And it might be somebody watching out there that needs to hear something that he wants to say. I'm just not released yet to let loose. Can you understand that? Amen. Pastor Dave, let's just stand up and worship and see what see what's going on.
see something in the spirit and don't know if this is you or not and you know I guess since we're on the social media thing could be somebody there but I think it's a good chance it's here I, I just I started to pick up on it a while ago before we lost it that I'm getting it back again it's like somebody feels like they're trapped in a situation in life and you know you brought it on yourself. You know, the Bible, we saw in Proverbs this week, it talks about a bird gets caught in a snare. And I see like somebody, it just feels like you're trapped. And I see it like there's a net. Like, you know, you ever saw these shows where a net drops down and somebody's stuck in a net? Getting trapped like you feel like you're trapped in a net over you and you're captive. And you know you brought it on <clears throat> and you don't know how to get out if you could ever get out. But the Lord's saying, you've already done what you know to do, all you can do. He sees your heart. He knows how it is. And he wants to like dissolve that thing off of you. Just melt it away. Cause that thing to lift. And you're freed to get off your life now because Jesus wants to take that thing off of you and get you out of there. And so don't let the devil keep you there. Because Jesus wants to dissolve that thing. If that's you and you're in the service and you know something's got you where it seems impossible, he wants me to lay hands on you. He's going to dissolve that net off of you. You're going to be free. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, if there's more than one, you get up here. You know, I just know that that's what I see. There's innocent Christians that got this thing on them. And that's why this is a Holy Ghost service. Because the Holy Ghost is the one that set people free. And if you're watching out there, and you stood on there and you're watching, and this is you, this wherever you are, stand up, kneel down. If you're sitting, just raise your hands up. As I pray for these people here, this same anointing will come through there. And it'll take that thing off of you. Jesus wants you to be free to serve him. I'll do all that he has for you to do. And so congregation, and those watching, stretch your hand toward, toward the screen to release the anointing you have and stay in this attitude with us of worship and love of Jesus. And Jesus is going to do some miraculous things right now. And I'll tell you what, you're going to start noticing the freedom and your head's going to say, wow, I can't believe this is true. But guess what? It is true. 
because Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. Amen. Amen. So as you're up here, as a point of contact, just in your heart, whisper words out of your mouth to Jesus and say, Lord, I want to thank you that when my pastor lays hands on me, your power is going to come into me and that net's going to be taken off of me and I'm out of that trap no more. I'm not going to be in the devil's snare. I'm going to enjoy my life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Congregation, just extend your hands this way and stay hooked up. Robert, bring them up. we got to get the habit of getting them up here closer. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. And so if you haven't said it already, speak those words out of your mouth. Whisper them. Say them. Whatever you want to do, just say, Lord, I want to thank you that when he touches me, your power's coming into me, and this thing's broken. It's out of here in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you are free. 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 I release birth moving, yoke destroying, power God in your life. That thing's off of you. It's out of here. And you're free in the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you ugly thing, get off of her right now in Jesus' name. And I don't mean maybe. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. Be free. Be free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You phony lying thing. You leave her now. Get out of here. Get out of here in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Get off my granddaughter right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I don't mean maybe. No phoniness. You're out of here. I break your power over her life in the name of Jesus. 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 She's free. She's free. She's free. She's free. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, this trap, this snare, this thing, get off of him in Jesus' name. This is a mighty man of God. He's not a, he's not a loser. He's a man of God. And in the name of Jesus, every evil, evil thing, you just totally leave. Come back no more in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And the word for you is John 8, 36. They come try to snare you again, say, no, nah, if the Son set me free, I am free indeed, devil. I'm never letting you back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hands up, man. Think of your hands out of your pockets. I break the power of every evil thing that's tried to trap him and ruin his life. In Jesus' name, every evil, oppressive spirit Try to control his life. I break your power right now in Jesus' name. Loose him. Let him go. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free in Jesus' name. 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 You're free. You're free. You're free. Jesus sets you free. You're free indeed. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, 
take that debt off of her, be dissolved, be removed in the mighty name of Jesus. Be removed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yield to that. Yield to that. Let him, let him do what he wants to do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Be free. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I released, I released the power of God in this young man's life. And I say in Jesus' name, you are free to do all that Jesus wants you to do. You are free, and because the Son set you free, you are free indeed. That thing's off of you. It's out of here. No more restraints. No more holes. Take the brakes off. Go with what he's got. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 What? Father, I just want to thank you that every snare, every hindrance, everything that would hold this daughter of God back, I rebuke that thing in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just thank you that no more traps, no more snares, that net that's trying to trap her is removed. It's removed. It's dissolved in the name of Jesus. It's dissolved in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I release, I release your anointing in the name of Jesus. And I say, that, that, that net that's tried to ensnare him, those things that's tried to hold him back, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just want to thank you, as my hand's on him, that the Spirit of God's moving through him, spirit, soul, and body, and things have been renewed. Things have been refreshed. Things have been blessed. And Lord, I just want to thank you because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That there's something changing. Something happened. Going to hear things better, see things better, and know things better concerning you and your word, Lord. And we just want to thank you that your word does say, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I think there's freedom, Lord. There's freedom here. Fulfill your plan and purpose for his life, Lord, in the name of Jesus. He didn't come this far, Lord, just to be out of the race. Lord, he's came this far to be able to share what you've given him in life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You for both of you or one of you. Father, I just want to thank you in Jesus' name for the anointing God, taking the cobwebs off, taking the traps off, the nets off, the things like that, everything that hold back or hinder, we just speak to right now in the name of Jesus, say, loose them and let them go. And we just want to thank you, Jesus, for your holy anointing, your holy anointing, Lord, moving birds and destroying yokes. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I release the anointing of God. I release the anointing of God. I 
I say be free, be free, be free to serve Jesus and run after him all the days of your life. You are free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I want to thank you for the anointing God. Anointing God worked in this little girl's life to cause her to be free all the days of her life, to love you with all of her heart, all of her soul, and all of her strength, and fulfill your plan and purpose for her life with no hindrances. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me ask you this. How many are glad we went the extra distance and finished what God wanted? I want to say it again. Our church may have been around a long time, but we're kind of in a babyhood stage of this move of God that's beginning to happen. And so a lot of you that are here on Sunday nights, you're getting more extensive training than the Sunday morning only people do. And so if the Lord so decides to do some things on Sunday morning, you're already going through some things to know what to do. If on Sunday morning he wants to stop and start worshiping, you know that means worship don't observe. If he wants to start moving, you know I mean? That's time to put phones up if they're out and do things to get serious because there's a lot of people that come into church like this on a Sunday morning. They're either checking us out because they want to get, they find, want to find God. They don't know who Jesus is yet, or they're coming here because they're messed up in life. They've been out of church for years. And they want to find out if this is a place for them to be. And so, as we yield to the Holy Spirit, we'll never go wrong. We yield to the Holy Spirit. People are always going to be blessed. Let me tell you one more thing, too, that uh, there's just between our minds and our heart. How many here are baptized in the Holy Ghost Christians and your tongue talkers? You do those things. Hey, Amen. Don't ever be embarrassed if you bring people in that have been around this and that starts happening. Because you don't ever want to be embarrassed of the Holy Ghost. If he wants to start doing things around people never seen them, I was reading 1 Corinthians 14 again this morning has said that tongues are a sign for the non-believers. It says prophecy is for believers. Tongues gets their attention. So if the Holy Ghost starts moving and you finally got somebody to come that morning, don't start going, oh, no, I was praying that wouldn't happen. You were praying wrong then because you need to be praying the Holy Spirit will move in your church. Amen. If the Holy Spirit moves in your church, the Holy Spirit's the one that came down the day of Pentecost and gave them tongues. Amen. And so we got to be ready for this. So anyway, I just want to say it one more time. Aren't you glad we kept on going till he did what he wanted to do? And, and I can promise you there were people tonight that I saw that in the spirit. I saw like a net. I kept wanting to get clarity, and I finally saw it like the devil dropped a net on him and just good Christians, but they're trapped. trapped. How, do I get, how can I get out of this? How do I get out? Well, God answered the prayer tonight. They got out. So it happened. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Let's just worship one more time. Just let's get a release on this, okay? Josh, let's sing that one more time because I don't quite have this in my belly yet done. Thank you, Jesus.
see something else too I, you know what a, what, a, what a man or woman of God under the anointing you get to see things that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 gift of spirit called word of knowledge you see something if you're in here and you know because we're out there too that I have to consider there might be somebody out there and, and you know God's got a call on your life for something you know maybe a ministry a full time ministry or maybe some other type of ministry, something God wants you to do. <clears throat> and you just don't know exactly how to do it, when to do it. You just kind of, you know it in your heart. You don't know what the next step is. They come up here, I want to lay hands on you. And the Lord said, he's going to show you what's next. And you know, if you're out there, I want to say it again for the people out there watching. If that's you, and you're not here, the servants are going to lay hands on you, then just have your heart open and just raise your hands up or do something to get in the position of receiving and the Lord will speak to your heart. And, you know, I'll tell you, this is, real, this is really a big deal. Somebody needs to hear something from Jesus about something as serious as a calling on their life for something. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, the Spirit of God's coming on you. I mean, I'm going to touch you. He said, he said it's coming down on you now. He said the Spirit of God's on you. Yield to it. Yield to it. Just let him saturate you. If you go down, you go down. So just don't resist the Spirit when he's on you. Just let him do what he's doing. But right now, Right now, he's doing something on the inside of you. There's something in you changing right now. And I tell you what, it's all over you. It's going in you, coming through you. And in this season of life, starting right now tonight, you're going to be a different person because you're going to start seeing a thing. And what I preached a while ago, just always remember that. When you begin to see something, don't jump out ahead. Just prepare yourself. Do what you're doing. Prepare yourself. And because he wants it to come to pass more than you do, because it was his idea, not yours, then you yield to that, and it will happen. In Jesus' name, receive. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, Nick, uh, you've got a weird wife. I know that. But if she acts even more weird, just go with the flow, because I know from experience 
that when God's working in your life sometimes and there's adjustments and changes going on, you don't know what to do sometimes, you might act really weird. But just understand that. But it's still happening to you too, and you know that. Come up here. Come up here. Stay right here. Amen. 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 Father, I just want to thank you for that same spirit. That same spirit coming out on Nick right now. Lord, I want to thank you that you're working in his life because they're a team, like that three-legged race, Lord. They're in this thing together. And I just want to thank you, Jesus. I want to thank you, Lord. I want to thank you, Lord. They're running this race together to fulfill your plan and purpose for their life as a team, as a family, Lord. Just thank you in Jesus' name. They've got what it takes. Heirs together. Heirs together. Heirs together. thank you for clarity. I want to thank you for spiritual vision. And Lord, I just want to thank you for stableness, steadfastness, balance down the middle of the road so you can do all and fulfill all you have for doing her life, Lord, for your plan and your purpose coming to pass, Lord. I just want to thank you that that anointing is in her to see and to know in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I just praise you and thank you for Thomas. Lord, for what a man of God he is already at his age. Lord, we've all watched him. We've watched his heart. We've watched his actions. We've watched him. And Lord, I just want to thank you as he stands up here of his own free will for clarity to see and to know what you have for him, Lord, that he's going to see. He's going to get it. He's going to get it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just want to thank you that time back in 1997 when I went down like that and you talked to me and changed my life forever. I just want to thank you, Lord, for doing all in Thomas in his soul in his heart that you want to do. And Father, I just want to thank you that people are going to see and know to a greater degree what a man of God this is. And Lord, I just want to thank you for your grace and your gifts in his life to help him do all you've called him to do. And Lord, I want to thank you. He's always going to stay clean, holy, and pure so you can finish what you started in his life. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I want to thank you for clarity. I want to thank you for clarity. Lord, I want to thank you that, like I told that person this morning, I've seen you up, I've seen you down, and I see you walking straight. Lord, I want to thank you in the name of Jesus. This woman of God is going to be able to keep on walking straight, walking steady, walking clean, walking pure, and you can speak to her heart and show her exactly and precisely what her next step is into the plan of God. Lord, I want to thank you for that grace. I want to thank you for your giftings, your anointings to help her fulfill that plan. 
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Slide over a little bit. James, step up here. I gotta lay hands on you too. When you guys, when you're a husband and wife, you're just staying together, man. Might throw that man down there, man. You got a weird wife anyway. She, if God begins moving their life, they get weirder. If you're not anointed for it, you can't handle weirdness. Father, I lose the anointing of God on James. I just want to thank you, Lord. I've watched this guy for 17 years. And Lord, in this past season of life, I saw him do something he's never done before. He got born again. He got filled with the Spirit. He's totally sold out to you. And Lord, he's got a wife that's the same way. I just want to thank you for that grace on him, for them to walk together in the plan and purpose of God. And Father, I know you never do anything just to do it. You always do everything with a purpose in mind. And I want to thank you. Is there where they are? There's so many people that are still living where they used to live that they can help out. Lord, I want to thank you. They've got the they've got the gifting from you. They've got the experience from you. And they've got the anointing, Lord. Help people come out of that trap and get back to stable life serving you. And I thank you, Lord. You're going to show them exactly and precisely how to do it step by step. As they stay faithful, Lord, prepare themselves for what you've got. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for clarity. Thank you for clarity. I've watched this girl since the day she was born. Lord, I've seen her come from where she was to where she is. Lord, she's become some good stock. She's in a good family naturally and a good family spiritually, Lord. And I just want to thank you. That just like you talked to Samuel when he was a young man, he said, here I am, Lord, I'll hear, I'll hear. I want to thank you for talking to her. And as she says, here I am, Lord, I'm listening, speak on. Lord, I want to thank you in her heart. She's going to see, she's going to know. And Lord, you've already used her a lot. But I want to thank you. She sees what to do. It's a little more serious now. It's a little more serious. She's in a different place in life. I just want to thank you, Jesus. That she's got what it takes to say no to the peer pressure and yes to the love of Jesus. And she'll do what she's called to do, follow that plan. She's going to know things. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just want to thank you for this woman of God. I've seen her come so far the last three or four years, however long I've known her. I've watched her grow. I've watched her change. I've watched her used by you, Lord, as a prayer warrior. And Lord, she's up here now for ministry, wanting to have clarity in the next step in her life. Lord, I thank you for clarity. I thank you for clarity. Lord, your word says, he that has ears to hear, let him or let her hear. Well, you've got ears to hear. Now listen, listen and obey. Matter of fact, the Holy Ghost said he's already showed you this next thing right now anyway. It's just up to you to walk it out now. He showed you already. Just walk it out. Walk it out. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I'll tell you what the Holy Spirit tells me right off the bat for you two. That three-legged race thing, well, it goes for you guys. That was preached right to you, right from heaven, that you guys are no longer two, but you're one. As you're one now, you're both going to have to walk in that grace of God to adapt one to another, to run together in the race you've got. There's still some 
you know, I just know this by the Spirit, there's still some things in there. It's almost like a magnet. You got the like poles push each other away. We got to turn around where they draw one to another. So whatever, whatever it is in there that's still repulsing, stop it. Let the Holy Ghost pull you together now and called you to be. You know, as a matter of fact, we don't usually tell people to hold hands up here. You guys need to hold hands right now. Hold hands. Now raise them up. Father, I want to thank you. This is the mark of a champion. They're standing in the winner's circle right now, praising you for the victory. As I lay hands on them in the name of Jesus, Lord, your word says, when God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Lord, those blessings already spoke over them. But I want to thank you right now that you're the one that gifted them. I've watched them both for a long time now. They love you with all their hearts, their soul, and their strength. Lord, they both want to do nothing but serve you and be used by you in life and ministry. I release your spirit in a higher measure upon their lives. Lord, open their eyes. Open their eyes like, like, like the prophet told his servant. said, open his eyes to see there's more fours than there are against us. Lord, let their eyes see that if God be for them, who can be against them? And let their eyes see that you wouldn't call them to do something. You didn't empower them to do it. So I loose, I loose that grace of God. I loose that grace of God to begin to walk in the plan of purpose that you had for them all along. And now they're where you can do it, Lord. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to thank you for this mighty, mighty, mighty powerhouse of God. How are you using her out there with those students and the other people around her life, Lord? Everywhere she goes, she's a billboard for Jesus. Lord, everywhere she goes, she's a mouthpiece for Jesus. And Father, for what you've got next for her, I just read what... But mainly you already see the next. Lord, I release the anointing of God, the grace of God to walk in the next. She already sees it. I release the grace to do it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You just receive what Jesus wants you to have. Start doing the next things put in your heart, girl. You've got it. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, I'm released. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now's the time we can shout. Woo, 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 woo. Amen. You know what? Whether you remember what was preached or not, I hope you do. Just know this, Jesus was in this church tonight. Amen. Amen. We know he was, but he not only was here, but he manifested and he demonstrated. Pastor David, you close it down, man. I'm done. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. What an awesome night. And the presence of God had the word and the spirit. And I know the Lord is even continuing to work in our hearts as we leave tonight and and as dad said just yield to that this week man if he tells you to do something do it if he's just showing you something maybe for further on down the road praise god you yield to that and follow his leading but amen what a good night to be in the house of the lord all right i'm going to go ahead and close us out in prayer and then we will speak some faith over barstow and we'll let you go tonight amen father in jesus name we thank you lord 
uh, for all that you've done, Lord, in this house tonight, God. I know you spoke to us through the scripture, Lord, and you showed us what the Spirit is saying to the church, Lord, through the scripture. And Lord, you also, you touched us uh, with your spirit tonight, God, and I thank you, Lord, that we're going to see you move and have your way more and more. We love you, and we praise you, and we know you're going to use us this week to be the light of the world everywhere we go. Thank you, Jesus, for sending us forth with your spirit and your power. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Well, let's close it out with our Barstow Faith Confession tonight. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. We will see you Wednesday.